Good morning and welcome back to our podcast, Northfield Times, where we take a, a ride back to the past and take a deeper look into historical events that have impact on today's world. I'm your host, Rachel Costa, and today we'll be venturing back into the Cold War, uh, an era, oh my god, discussing and evaluating the foreign policies from Kennedy's administration, the characteristics, reasons, and implications of these policies on the region. We look upon primary sources and relevant historical knowledge with the help of two special experts, uh, Ryan Gracie and Jabral Dorsal. Hello. Thank you for having us. Freeintromusic.com layout track. Ryan has previously worked for the National Security Council. His work counted in the government has helped collect upon extensive measures of information from Kennedy's presidential term and has overseen constellations from former Kennedy's voice and officials. Jabral is a former New York Times columnist who has circulated implications occurring in Latin America ever since the 1950s. Before we begin, we'd like to give a special thanks to Pepsi for sponsoring this video. Go ahead and enjoy yourself a nice cold Pepsi with a couple of friends and family in this Colorado weather. In the midst of the Vietnam War, John F. Kennedy won the presidential elections on January 20, 1961. Kennedy's first year, most historians argue, was a foreign policy nightmare. President Kennedy's presidency emphasized the U.S. commitment of communism containment marked by previous presidencies. He stated his objective of expanding the new look implemented by Eisenhower and used the concept of containment through the Kennedy Doctrine to simulate a final warning for the Soviets to keep distance from the Americas. That could have steady deterrence from focus from Eisenhower's presidency demonstrated that his strategies were not successful in containing communism. Thus, the Kennedy administration shifted focus to attempt to negotiate with the Soviets instead of facilities, provide economic assistance to vulnerable Development countries continue covert operations from previous presidencies, expand conventional Western forces, and try to strengthen the U.S. global position. The relationship between the United States and Latin American countries were decaying steadily before President Kennedy's entry of office. Previous administrations, such as President Eisenhower's, provided military aid for military dictatorships. However, it seemed that changes were always occurring and communism was appearing more and more tempting to democracy. President Kennedy was determined to improve the relationship with Latin America and implement changes through peaceful economic cooperation and development. He previously fulfilled the pledge of assisting Latin America with $500 million in the Act of Bogota, measure for social improvement and economic development within the framework of Operation Pan America. The returning of the act, Kennedy proposed and established a 10-year plan in 1961, the Alliance for Progress, La Alancia para el Progreso. The plan would loan more than $20 billion to Latin American nations as an attempt to promote democracy, increase the per capita income, diversify trade, industrialize, and increase employment, stabilize the sustainable rates of economic activity, eliminate adult literacy, and undertake meaningful social reforms, especially in making land ownership possible for greater numbers of their people. At the time, it was the largest USAID program created for developing countries in Latin America. 
This program was obviously very important in Kennedy's administration. Um, now we know the background information of what the plan was like um, and how the U.S. took part in it. I'm sure the public is wondering how did it impact Latin America and how successful was it? Well, after the rocky relationship with um, Latin America, or the rocky relationship with Latin America has been forever an issue with the U.S. And after the fear of communism uh, taking over the world, we attempted to mend our relationship via the Chapultepec Act. And this was pre-Kennedy and considered one of the biggest inter-American or pan-American actions. This was until uh, March 13, 1961, in which the Alliance for Progress was announced. This was to, quote, promote political democratic economic growth, and social justice in Latin America. However, Latin America's largest economies saw their GDP GDP grow by 2.6%, which is 0.1% higher than the 2.5% established by the alliance during the decade of the agreement. Kennedy argued that only through prosperity in Latin America would Kennedy argued that only through prosperity in Latin America would come stability. This will to want to have Latin America be, quote, prosperous was shown in the increase in budget, like Rachel said, with about 18% of foreign aid going to Latin America or $22.3 billion. However, Kennedy's administration looked at Latin America as susceptible to communism as Fidel Castro had transformed the Cuban Revolution into an anti-American movement and had allied his nation with the Soviet Union. Many officials, including Kennedy's administration, feared that the lower class of Latin America, mired in poverty and injustice, might follow similarly radical leaders. This could take a major twist as the top 5 to 10% in Latin America owned about 80% of the land. On January 1959, Cuban nationalist Fidel Castro assumed presidency by overthrowing American-backed president Fulgencio Batista. For the, two, for the next two years, the U.S. State Department and CIA would attempt to take Castro out of power because he became a threat to U.S. interests by reducing American influence in the country. Eisenhower thus developed a CIA campaign to train and equip a guerrilla army of Cuban exiles. According to the plan, the Cuban exiles would launch an amphibious invasion, leading to an uprising in the Cuban public and the rejection of, of Cuba, as Castro as leader. On April 17, 1961, the Cuban exile invasion force landed on the beaches along the base of pigs. Immediately, the battle began, and the exiles forces caught the breach. Um, two five zero six were quickly thrown into the fire. Castro ordered 20,000 troops to advance towards the beach. Cuban planes bombed the invaders, destroying half of their equipment, support, and men. The situation was increasing aggressively rap- rapidly. Kennedy authorized the um, air umbrella that would send American planes in defense of raid exiles. Some exiles escaped, while others were killed and some were taken as prisoners by Castro's government. Negotiations were made by President Kennedy returned for the prisoners. The Bay of Pigs was seen as one of the worst 
failures in Kennedy's administration, if not the worst. The plan was simple, to overthrow Castro and his rising revolution. The Bay of Pigs itself is a large isolated inlet on Cuba's, Cuba's southern coast, and the beach in which most of this took place was is the beach of the beach of Pila or Pila uh, Giron, a village with a small airstrip at the mouth of the Bay of Pigs. And in Cuba, this is this day is referred to as the Pala Giron invasion. A simultaneous landing was planned near the village of Pala Larger, 35 kilometers away at the far end of the bay. The American plan was to sneak ashore virtually unopposed, secure the area, take the airfield, and fly in a government in exile who would then call for direct U.S. support. However, the invaders, Americans, landed about 0400, and the exiles had some air support, but President John F. Kennedy was determined to keep the U.S. involvement a secret and as providing further critically needed air, and backed away from providing further, further critically needed air cover. At the same time, Fidel Castro took his personal charge of the operation, and with only three days, the battle was over. It was supposed to rid the hemisphere of a potential Soviet base, but it pushed Fidel Castro into the waiting arms of the Soviet Union. It was meant to undermine his revolution, but it truly helped him to consolidate it. The U.S. was truly embarrassed by this failure, as Kennedy spoke in his speech uh, April 21st, on April 21st on that unhappy island, as in so many other areas of the contest for freedom. The news has, has gotten worse instead of better. I've emphasized before that that, that this was a struggle of Cuban patriots against a Cuban dictator. While we could not, could not be expected to lend our sympathies, we made it repeatedly clear that the armed forces of this country would not intervene in any way. He then continued saying, power is the hallmark of this offensive. Power and deceit, power, discipline, and deceit. This is what Kennedy finished his speech with, and clearly this is what the U.S. wanted, to demonstrate the power of deceit. Thank you for that, Jabral. So after the base of pig failure, Castro was alarmed by the attempt, and he requested assistance from Soviet Union in defense of Cuba. The summer of 1962, the U.S. intelligence began to report heavy Soviet activity in the country. The CIA reported Soviet trucks halting machinery into the countryside. On October 1962, President Kennedy received a photograph taken by U-2 spy planes that appeared to be a be medium-range ballistic sites. On October 22nd, Kennedy addressed the problem and potential solutions to the American public. He announced their own installations and placed Cuba on quarantine. Both superpowers recognized the potential reality of a massive retaliation and mutual assured destruction if tensions were to uh, escalate. The, they publicly agreed a deal in which the Soviets would dismantle the weapons under UN supervision. As for the US part, Kennedy promised not to invade Cuba again and to dismantle nuclear weapons located in Turkey. All right, so now focusing on uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, in October 1962, the US and USSR were in a, in a very intense political standoff for 13 days. This was regarding the installation of nuclear armed missiles from the Soviets in Cuba. 
President Kennedy took action against this news and declared that he would make a naval blockade around Cuba and stated that the U.S. military would take any action necessary to make sure that these missiles are not used to attack U.S. land. The Soviets felt it was necessary to do so in Cuba because of similar missile sites installed in Eastern Europe from the U.S. However, the Cuban Missile Crisis was seen as one of Kennedy's successes during the Cold War simply because these events calmed down the tensions between both superpowers and quite possibly could have prevented mutually assured destruction. So now focusing on uh, the Alliance for Progress, President Kennedy proposed a 10-year-long aid program for Latin America during his presidency to help the relationships between Latin America and the U.S., being the Alliance for Progress. When Kennedy first came into office, the Latin American republics were extremely upset with the poor aid given after World War II. Latin America felt they contributed a lot to the U.S. in terms of economic support with production of raw materials, but that wasn't necessarily the leading factor for Kennedy to initiate the, the Alliance for Progress. Communism in, in Latin America was the biggest threat for the U.S. and Kennedy at the time. In 1945, the Central Intelligence Agency funded a revolutionary group to overthrow the government of Guatemala. Aside from that, though, many other strides to help aid with literacy, poverty, and industrial productivity were in action. With that being said, however, the Alliance for Progress was ultimately seen as a failure due to the lack of making Latin America a democracy. As we heard from both experts, President Kennedy's presidential term was a mixture of both successes and failures. Although he served his presidency in a period of three years until assassinated in 1963, the foreign policies he left had an immense legacy that President Lyndon B. Johnson will continue. The Alliance for Progress was America's hope to win over communism since Latin America was at a vulnerable state of, of external influence. As we heard from Jabal, this plan brought about a measurable amount, amount of economic changes, such as support of constructing public facilities, create water purification projects, and providing material for good education. However, they were only temporary. Thus, the program was a failure. The base of pig, as both experts explained, was an other failure, making Kennedy look weak in the eyes of Soviets. The CIA financed and trained a group of Cuban exiles as an attempt to dethrone the communist government of Fidel Castro. The results of the plan only led Castro to strengthen his relationship with the Soviets and display to the world America's true field of communism. The Cuban Missile Crisis was Kennedy's redemption for the past failures. The crisis ended immediately with better relationship between the U.S. and USSR. It was a success because the risk of a nuclear war between the two superheroes was diffused. Thank you, Ryan and Jabal, for joining us today with your knowledge on Kennedy's presidency and Latin America. Thank you, our audience, for listening to today's episode. Until next time.